everyone and welcome to this very special episode of The Breakdown. I'm your host, Dan Chevalier, and with the Lions announcement less than a week away, on today's episode, we're going to be shaving our heads and joining Warren Gat- Gatlin's coaching staff by picking our 36-man touring party that we believe will conquer South Africa. As always, I'm joined by fellow Englishman, Mr. Alex Bidwell. Alex, how are we? Hey, Zandi, I'm very well, thanks. Excited for this episode. And Mr. Marcus Hockey. Marcus, how are we doing? Excellent, mate. Like Alex, ready, raring to go. Then there's Jeremy Adley, the voice of reason from the other side of the Irish Sea. Jeremy, how are we doing? Hello. And of course, let's not be forgetting the man who only needs to find some Welsh ancestry to complete the line set, Miles McDevitt. Miles, how are you doing? All good, thank you, Sander. Glad to hear it. The way things are going to play out today is all the boys have sent me over their personal 36-man squad in advance. If we agree on someone, then great, they're straight on the plane. If we don't, then we'll have a debate and then we'll make a decision on who makes it. So currently, out of the 36-man squads that have been sent over by everyone, we currently agree on 20 players. So that's 20 places on the plane that have already been snapped up, which means there's 16 tickets remaining. The way things are going to work is we've allocated out a number of spots per position. So there's nine in the front row, six props, three hookers. There'll be four locks, five back rows, three scrum halves, two fly halves, four centres, six back three players, and there's three bonus players that we can stick anywhere. We'll start as you would start anywhere at number one. So the loose heads. So currently all five of us have picked Wynne Jones. He was in pretty phenomenal form to Wales during the Six Nations. So he's straight on there. Four, four of us have picked Mako Vinopola. So he's almost there. There's one player person that hasn't picked Mako and that's Jeremy Adley. And Jeremy, you've gone for a pretty, pretty left field um, Loosehead's head uh, pick. Do you want to explain that to everyone? Yeah, so I, I picked Ty Furlong, and again, like it's going to be that, like, oh, he's Irish, and he picks all the Irish players. And that's not strictly true. I, I just sort of feel like um, someone like Furlong, having him in the team, is it's not just his physicality. He offers something that I think South Africa actually have quite an advantage on the rest of the world, and that their front three in particular, are very good with ball in hand, and they are very good at, you know, lining you up as if they're going to hit you straight one-on-one, and in the last second, there's a little sidestep, or there's a little bit of movement that just throws you off. I just think Furlong is one of the best in the world in terms of front three that can play in open play, and I just think it, no matter what you try and do, scrums aren't going to decide this in terms of who's going to win the, 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 the series. It's not going to be designed on who wins the scrum. It's going to be who can beat who in open play in that physical battle. And just having that front three, I think, that can offer a little bit of movement, a little bit of trickery that will come with Furlong. Yeah, you know, he's, he's like Finn Russell, just a bit bigger. So having that little bit of guy in the middle, I think, causes a lot of problems. So for context for everyone else, um, all, all of us have picked Ty Furlong, but the other four of us have picked him in his conventional position of tight head. Are we feeling that we're happy to put Furlong down as a loose head or would we rather keep him as a tight head, Mars? I'd happily keep him at tight head. He plays so well there for Ireland in the uh, Six Nations. Windows uh, would be the loose head, uh, loose head option. I'm seeing a lot of other nods on my, on my Zoom screen. So I think, Jeremy, we're going to have to overrule you here and, and keep, keep Tiger over on the tight head side. That, that means that, that Mako Vinopola, who is, is picked by four of us, would you be willing to to bring him in instead, Jeremy? Uh, I just England were just so bad in the Six Nations, and he's not playing against anybody at the minute with stiff competition. Which we'll see why I don't pick Saracens players later on. I just don't want your first big game being up against South Africa, even though they haven't played together for almost two years. But yeah, I mean, I'll go with the rest of the coaching staff on this one. I'll make a concession. We've had our first, our first concession of the day, as it so well put it. So, so Mako and Wynne Jones are our, are our first two. And then it comes to the final um, loose head spot. So two, two of the boys have picked Roy Sutherland in Miles and Jeremy. Alex and Marcus have picked Joe Marler. And I've picked Ellis Genge. So Alex, what, why have you gone for Joe Marler? Um, Joe Marler, I've gone for him. I think he's been exceptional for Quinns this season. 
given he dropped out of the of the England Six Nations squad, you know, it's probably quite unlikely he'll go. But the prospect of a Lions tour once in a lifetime to South Africa might entice him enough to go. Uh, as I say, he's just been excellent for uh, for Harlequins this this season. Such a solid set piece um, prop, and also pretty useful in the u- in the loose rather. Sutherland, I had him in my in my mind as well. He was a uh, thought he was really impressive in the Six Nations and Kean Healy as well as another one, a bit of an honourable mention to give a shout out to. But I just think Joe Marler, I really like him, really like what he's doing at Harlequins at the minute. I think he'll add a lot. Great tourist as well, good for squad morale. Um, he wouldn't be, I don't, I don't, he wouldn't be starting for me, but he'd be a great player for that midweek squad. Keep the morale high, keep standards high, and an experienced head. And um, Miles, what would you say to how Alex has said that? Why would you make the case for Roy Sutherland? Well, like you said, played very well in the Six Nations for for Scotland. Yeah, really can really uh, scrummage well. I think uh, he was definitely one of those that that really shone for for, for Scotland. Just my worry with Marler is I think that he hasn't had much international experience as of late, and Sutherland has that. So I think you know, and he was really, and like you said, really impressive in the Six Nations. So I just would edge Sutherland over Marler. Just if I could quickly come in on this, I wonder how much influence. Quinn's getting into the the semi-finals or the top four of the Premiership will have on this because if they do get into that, I think it'll be probably it, it might go against Marler to be honest with you because even though that's big game exposure, they'd probably want to have a bit more time with him to you know get him scrummaging against international class opposition like you know Japan and also the sort of midweek sides against um, South African domestic sides like the Bulls etc. So I think that'll be interesting to see how it goes. I you know. I'd be happy to see Sutherland go to one with you, but I just think Marla would be a really nice addition to the squad. So is 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 that a is that a concession from you there, Alex? Or am I gonna to have to make the make the overall judgment as it's currently a two-two draw and I can't see any of you moving to Ellis Genge? Yeah, I can't see myself moving to Ellis Genge either, I'm afraid. And I think to be honest with you, Sutherland was in my mind as well earlier on. I had him in the team of the Six Nations to begin with. Um I'm I'm happy for I'm happy to go for him as a as a concession. So okay, we've gone we've gone to gone for Sutherland. I, I if you had pushed me, I would have actually gone with Marla because I think he'll be a really good tourist because and I think especially in this bubble life, you need characters like him. But we've we've had the concession. So currently, our our, our loose heads going a, a Mako, Win Win Jones and Roy Sutherland. I immediately now, regret that decision, but oh well. Now if we move on to Hooker, um, we've all gone for Ken Owens, who was absolutely phenomenal. We've all gone for Jamie George, who wasn't as phenomenal during the Six Nations, but played really, really well on the last Lions tour, and Warren Gatlin likes him. Then four of us have gone for Luke Cowan-Dickey, and unsurprisingly, the Irishman has picked an Irishman. So, Irishman, please tell us why you've picked an Irishman. Oh, I'm just going Rob Herring, just surely for the fact that he has a lot more international experience than Kyle Dickey over the last two, three years. He hasn't been exceptional, but he's just been very good. And let's be honest, the third guy that goes probably isn't going to have a lot of game time. So you probably just want someone who's happy to be around the camp and just having someone like I think Heron, who maybe feels at this point now that having started for Ireland along for quite a while now, I think he'd be fine to, t- to take there. But like, I'm not going to have any opposition. Like As long as... For me, as long as Ken Owens is starting, I don't really, and Jamie George is going, I haven't really got massive opposition as to who goes as the third choice hooker because they're not going to get a lot of game time anyway. So I, I'm happy to make another concession. That was a, a lot less painful than I perhaps thought it was going to be. So Luke Cowan-Dickey jumps on the plane. And actually, I, I think it's interesting you say he's going to be the third hooker and not get a lot of game time. I think Cowan-Dickey could, could push George. Arguably, he is now England's starting hooker. So I think having Cowan-Dickey going will be a, be a real interesting one. Now, if we move over to the tight heads, we've all gone for Tyg Furlong in his correct position. We've all gone for Carl Sinclair. And then, again, there was a, a, a spare spot open on the third tight head. Jeremy and Marcus, you've both gone for Xander Fagerson. Alex and Miles, you've both gone for Andrew Porter. And I've actually gone for Will Stewart. Um, but I will make my case for Will Stewart later. But Marcus, do you want to explain why you've gone for Fagerson? Yeah, I just think he was... He was so solid during the Six Nations for me. Um, and I don't know, just part of me thinks having somebody like him on the tour would be quite good to somebody who's not been there before, sort of really fresh. And just coming back off the back of a good Six Nations, I think that's that's really it for me. But I, I can see why Will Stewart is a very good shout who didn't actually come to my mind at all. 
Yeah, the, the, re- the reason why, why I actually went for Will Stewart is I think that props especially, I think it, it is an advantage having a prop that's used to coming off the bench when you're filling the third spot because it's really unlikely that they're going to start and they'll only start if there's injuries and you can call someone up anyway. So I think Will Stewart is always good when he comes off the bench for England. He's been phenomenal for Bath as when, he's, when he's come back to them. He single-handedly won them two of their knockout games, effectively. Especially, they were dead and buried against Zebra, and he came off the bench, scored two tries, and, and ter- turned that game around. So, so that, that, that's why I've, I've stuck my little flag, flag in the ground for Will Stewart. But Alex, Andrew Porter, try, try and convince me otherwise. I'm going to start by, um, I'm afraid, sort of dissing Will Stewart. I think he's obviously really good, absolutely hulking present, been good for England. But in the last couple of weeks when he's played with Bath, that Bath scrum has been annihilated uh, in their most recent fixtures. And I think that will go against him. We've seen how difficult it is against the South Africa side once you're losing the scrum battle to have any foothold in the game because they'll win scrum penalties, they'll kick goals, and then, you know, the points rack up, you're playing against the scoreboard and the game gets away from you. So I think having that solid scrum is really important. And that's why I think Porter, for me, takes it rather than rather than Will Stewart. Porter, he's seriously impressive whenever I see him play. Again, could be another player who benefits from having a really good weekend this weekend, playing for Leinster. Um, and finally, to touch on Jeremy's point earlier that he made about having to win that sort of open play physicality battle, Andrew Porter just always seems to make metres in the carry. He's a huge presence around the field. I'd really like to see him go on the plane. Personally, I think he deserves it as well, given how um, astutely he filled in for Tyg Furlong when Furlong was injured in the beginning of the Six Nations. I think he's a it's certainly international pedigree and you know potentially Lions bench pedigree. Um, so yeah, he, he definitely makes the plane for me, Andrew Porter. I I understand your point about Will Stewart at the start there. The only thing I'd say is the bar scrum were more technical penalties rather than being marched backwards, which I think are a lot more easily addressable. And in the same way, Porter needs a big weekend this weekend going into Europe against a Montpellier, Montpellier pack, which are always going to be big and physical. If Will Stewart can have an absolute stormer, I wouldn't be surprised if he did make it, but I, I admit it's an, it's an outside bet. Um, seeing as I've got the casting vote here because it's 2-2, I will go with Andrew Porter, mainly because of my reason that I think it's important to have a player that's used to coming off the bench in, in these sort of thing, fixtures. So that means our tight heads are Ty Furlong, Carl Sinclair and Andrew Porter. Then we take it over to Locks. Locks was one of our least controversial areas. Um, some players can play lock and back row, but I've, I've lumped most of them in, into lock, if, if that's the case. So Maritoje, James Ryan, Tideburn, everyone has gone for. Um, I expected everyone to go for Alan Wynne Jones, but um, Marcus Hockey, you haven't done that. Please explain yourself to the whole of Wales. Um, I would like to first apologise to the whole of Wales. Um, but for me, so I said I would take Lords if he's fit, if not, shove Alan on the plane, um, get him some extra legroom. But with Lords, I think he just he just provides a bit more around the park. And with Wynne, Alan Wynne Jones, everything is about, oh, you need to take him because he's a leader. When actually, there's a lot of leaders in the squad. Obviously, I know the squad's still to be decided as the coaching staff. But when you go through it, there are a lot of leaders in there. So I don't think that's something that they're going to be lacking if they don't take Alan Wynne-Jones. I think Laws will provide a lot more carrying going forward in defence. Quite useful at a line-out as well. And for me, I just don't think he's sort of... We've got four second rows, and I don't think he's one of the best four second rows that we could pick from, personally. Yeah, I don't really buy that argument about lacking leadership, to be honest with you. Alan Wynn is just, Alan Wynn is like a modern Lions legend. He's been on the last three tours, toured South Africa, toured Lions, toured New Zealand. You know, if he gets the three caps this time, he'd be the joint third all time for most Lions caps. He is just international pedigree, Lions pedigree 100%. Personally, he'd be my tour captain. Um, And he is also just the absolute master of playing really well off limited game time. He's not going to play very much for the Ospreys in between. He's probably going to come into that Lions camp fit and firing, ready to go, and hopefully, you know, take it by storm. Personally, for me, again, he'd start and as well as being tour captain. But yeah, I think he's got to be on the plane. Surely, surely Gatlin will pick him. Can, can I just come in on that and say you've not mentioned anything about him being any good at rugby there? He's, he's played a lot of games and he's good when he doesn't have a lot of game time. That, that's, that doesn't matter. It's, it's a Lions team, isn't it? You're picking the best for locks for me and that's I just don't think he's there just saying I've always played a lot of games in the past 
That's based off him being that's based off him being provenly excellent for the last decade. Yeah, four years ago. I think he's been good this year as well, but I just don't think for peaking me, at the, the right, right time for the Lions then. Exactly. Yeah. Surely that's the point. He's been good this year. That's why we pick him. It's been all right this year. I'll give you that. Yeah, maybe that was probably the wrong thing to say for my argument. But I just, yeah, I, d- I don't like it when people go on about how, how how much of a Lions legend things someone is because surely it should just be a rotating crop of players. But I'm that, sure is a, I'm about... that is a very fair point. That is a very fair point. I was probably getting a bit romantic there when I'm going on about, <laughs> oh, it'll be the joint third all time. But I just think you've got to bear in mind that experience um, of playing in these games. He's been there, done that. You know, he's... He, he has got that experience, head on his shoulders. He, he's another leader in the side. You can't have too many leaders. We know how crucial it is to sort of share that burden. Um, and he is a good, he's fantastic at set piece, you know, line-up technician and also pretty useful around the park. And I, I also think, Alex, your point there on overall captain, which is one we'll come on, on, on to later, is a, is a really valid point. And so that's why I think the rest of us know overall you, Marcus, and Alan Wins-Jones is, is, is going to make it um, so that would complete our overall four locks, but actually a lot of us decided to stick a, an extra an extra lock in there who can cover either lock or, or the back back row. So myself, Alex, and Je- and Jeremy have all gone with Ian Henderson as well. Um, Miles, you went with J- Johnny Gray briefly. Why, why do you include him? I think he has been playing well, but maybe not as well as Ian Henderson. No, I, I mean I was toying with. I, I, you say about Henderson, I was toying with uh, Henderson, but I think just Johnny Gray. The you know playing for Exeter, he's been really excellent for them. Uh, this past this, in the past six months uh, for Scotland, he was he's been really good in the Six Nations. I think, he, and I think he could also learn a lot from his uh, brother Richie Gray. You know, who was a Lions tourist um, back in 2013. Marcus, you didn't pick Ian Henderson. Would you be happy to stick him in and drop one of your back row options instead? I'd say we get rid of Alan Wynne Jones. I'm putting Ian Henderson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, enjoying yeah, this man. personal vendetta against Adam Wynn. Is Adam Wynn really... wrong with you, Marcus? Is he, is he like, <laughs> did, he not, did he not sign you an autograph when you were younger or something? 2007, Twickenham. No, um, he, no, he's, I just don't know why. I just don't rate him for some reason. And that's just, that's just me. But uh, yeah, that's the quote. Everyone, happens. stick that on the billboard for this episode. <laughs> Marcus Hockey, I don't rate Alan Wynne Jones. You've been overall on on two counts there. Alan, Alan Wynne's going in, and I think we're also taking Ian Henderson because he can cover both lock and back row. And then we come on to the the rest of the back back rows. Four names we all went for pretty pretty uncontroversial here: Falatau, Curry, Tipperick, Watson. All the pretty outstanding Six Nations. And I wouldn't be surprised if that we those were your, your starting three back rows plus the other one on the bench. Um, and then then here comes the controversy. So the other players we have in the mix for for at least one other position, possibly a bonus position as well, is Conan, Ritchie, Stander, Underhill, Simmons, and Fagerson. So Alex, first of all, do you want to kick yourself? Why have you why have you gone for Conan? Jack Conan, yeah, I just think he's, uh, again, really impressive towards the end of the Six Nations. Started at eight against England, had a really good game, very skillful player, scored a try, and that assist for Keith Earls off the back of the lineup was just, yeah, that was poetry in motion. Another one as well who I think could benefit from having a massive weekend, massive game this weekend against La Rochelle um, for Leinster. He's also got a good relationship with um, Rob McBride, who's obviously the forwards coach this year. Um, so I feel like he he could be a, a beneficiary of of Rob McBride being called up late and Leinster still being in the in the Champions Cup. If he has a storm this weekend, I'd expect him to go on the plane. I think you can't underestimate how important these European fixtures are for Lions places. So yeah, I think I think Conan's got a, a good a good um good chance of going, but I'm definitely open to listening uh, to a few other potential shouts on this on this position. Speaking of potential shouts, Miles, you've gone for, for Richie and, and Sam Sivins. You're the only one that went for Richie, so we might have to might have to discount him, but make your case as to why why you feel Sam Simmons should, should go. Overlooked by England, but why, why should Warren Gatlin pick him? Warren Gatlin should pick him because look at what he's done with Exeter, look at what he's done with Exeter in the past year. You know, won them a European help them win a European Cup, uh or Champions Cup rather, and also a premiership title, sitting second in the Premiership at the in the moment, and I and I just I cannot see why this why Eddie Jones is 
never picked him for England in the Six Nations. I mean, he's first he's versatile, carries well. So I I would pick Simmons as a you know just as as one of my left field options. A brief question: Are You picking him as a number eight or back row? As in uh, number six, number, so. number eight, you know, if if something happened, did happen to Falatau, I think you know he'd be a really good cover. Uh, so, and I I know this is a this is a really unpopular opinion, but I feel it's the hard truth. Sam Simmons is not big enough to play number eight internationally. That that that's my opinion. And especially go to South Africa, who are who are known for their physicality. If he's playing, he's not big enough to play number eight. He'll be fine, but the team won't get the go forward they need. You can stick him at six or seven; that's not an issue. But I don't feel he can play eight. Yeah, and Xander, me and you actually discussed this off the pod, uh, you know, last week or so when Exeter played Leinster, he just got marked out of the game and was had one of his most ineffective games I've seen, I've seen for Exeter in, in years. And I think that is again, like I made the point earlier with Jack Conan, those European games are are as close as it will get to international intensity. And if the Leinster pack can take out Sam Simmons with that ease and render him that ineffective, you can be damn sure that South Africa will do the same. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a shame he's a great player, but the lack of international um, exposure could could be his downfall as well as a lack of size. I'm afraid. I hate using that argument, but I, I understand that point. Marcus Oki, the other the other Sam Simmons advocate, please have yeah. a right reply. I am. Um, I do understand the lack of size thing. A, I'm going to say Ardi Sadea. I'm just going to throw that out there. Do do with that what you will. He's, he's been quite effective, I would say, against South Africa in the past from eight. But anyway, um, I, I also think I didn't actually, I'm saying this, it's very poor of me, but I didn't catch much of the um, Exeter-Lenster game. Exeter-Lenster, sorry. Um, and you said he got marked out of the game. Did he attract a lot of defenders? Is that how he got marked out of the game? Or was it just he was just poor and they just got rid of him? I, I, basically, in the Exeter-Lenster game, Lenster just beat up Exeter effectively. And that, that's one of the main reasons why I went for Jack Conan probably over, over Sam Simmons is Jack Conan did an absolute job on him in that game. He, he, I wouldn't have probably gone for Jack Conan beforehand. I thought he did a good Six Nations, but not outstanding, outstanding. But that game from, take, from the marking out a player who's so in form, I thought, oh, he, he can really do a job here. Okay, I get that. I get that. I just think with Simmons, it's a bit like i kind of gone for it quite a lot through my picks. I like him because he's different and I know he's small. He's not small, he's an absolute huge bloke, but he's so fast, his feet are amazing. Sort of as um, Jeremy said earlier, with having people like Ty Furlong who can just sort of alter that point of contact, he's got that. But I just, I just like having somebody in the squad that is different for me, is one of my things. And I understand sort of the, the argument of South Africa are massive because they are and size might come into it, but I think it's always good to have an option to change things up. Yeah, and I think also, just on that, Marcus, I think that is a valid point as well. How worthwhile is it going toe-to-toe with South Africa at their own game? There is definitely room for argument in terms of playing a fast-paced, shifting them around. Players like Simmons will be suited to that, especially on those dry pitches out in South Africa. He, he is definitely in with a shout as a bolter, but yeah, for me, I've put my argument out there as to why I wouldn't have him. And then the other number eight option that we've really got here is CJ Sander. Um, and again, unsurprisingly, Jeremy, he was someone you, you went for. Explain why, why why you picked him in your squad. Yeah, I think um, since it's sort of been announced that, that CJ is going to be retiring um, at the end of the year, I, I sort of feel like once he announced that, his form went through the roof. And I'm, I'm not sure whether that was playing over his mind the whole season of, do am I, am I going to retire? And then once he decided when it's going to be announced, once he announced it, he's went, he's went into another different level of form. Um, you mentioned about Leinster completely beating up on Exeter. I don't know if anybody noticed, but Munster absolutely pile-drived Leinster uh, not too long ago in the, in the first round of the Rainbow Cup, 27-3. Leinster- How strong was that Leinster side, though? It's Rainbow Cup, isn't it? It was a strong Leinster team. Here's some of the people playing. Larmer playing, Carney, Lowe, Murphy... Uh, Andrew Porter, Ringrose, Ryan. Um, that is Jack or Cronin coming off the bench, Scott Vardy coming off the bench. That's still a pretty strong Leinster team. It's not their best, don't get me wrong, it's not their best. But like beating them up by 24 on their home patch, and CJ Stander had an immense game, as did quite a lot, and as did Damien Dialande, who's 
unsurprisingly going to be part of the South African team. But I just think Stander, since he's made his announcement, has been gone to another level and back to that level when Ireland beat New Zealand back in, in Chicago. And I just get the feeling of it's going to be his final time playing at a professional level. I think you'll get 110% out of him. And he is small. He can alter the point of contact. But he is also very hard to get down in the contact. And that's just another thing as well as, yes, you don't want to go toe-to-toe to South Africa, but they will try to make you go toe-to-toe with them. And in those sort of instances, you want players who can get through the contact. And I think having him and Falatau running at you for 80 minutes and altering the point of contact at the same time just makes him such a hard prospect not to pick. Just a little footnote on CJ Stander as well. I was talking about romantic stories earlier. That would be that would be about as romantic as they come, going off into the South African sunset having uh, steered the lines to a victory in South Africa would be amazing. So I think the only way we're going to just work out this eight battle is because we've all done, there's two people have actually picked Conan, Simmons and Stander in the way the squad's done. Is So Marcus, you've picked both Stander and Simmons. So if you had to pick one of them, who would you go for? Oh, you horrible man. Uh, I am going to go with Stander out of those two. Okay, so you're you're going for Stander, which means it's two votes for Stander, two votes for Conan. Simmons sadly isn't going, which means Miles, you've got the casting vote as for Conan or Stander. I love, like you said, just of just of that story of Stander retiring in the South African sunset. So Stander for me. CJ Stander makes the flame. Wow, that is a big, big call. Um, and then the the other the other big big name that, that we had in the mix who was going to be one of our extras, but we we might, probably won't make a call on him now. Is is Sam Underhill? Both Alex and Marcus went to Sam Underhill. Alex, you briefly just explain why you chucked his name in the ring, and then we'll make a decision later as opposed to whether we want him or perhaps one of the backs that we're going to discuss in a minute. Probably, I would say the reason I've got Sam Underhill in that side, I think he's the best tackler in world rugby. He makes game-changing hits. He sets the the the, physic, the intensity of the physicality and the defence. He's just an absolute beast. He looked right back at it since he's been playing for Bath. think he would be an asset to any side he plays for. Get him on the plane, in my opinion. That's just one we'll, we'll leave there and we'll, we'll come back We'll come back to it in, in a little bit. So we, we move on to the number nines. All five of us have gone for Conor Murray, which I think is... Pretty much after that England performance, if he hadn't if he hadn't played like that, I'm not sure many of us would have picked him at all. And then for the the two remaining nine spots that we've got open, it's pretty. There's, there's three names involved, which is Ali Price, Gareth Davis, and Danny Kerr. So um, Marcus, you were one of the ones that went for Danny Kerr alongside myself and Alex. Can you just explain why you did that. I just think he's been absolutely electric recently, and as I've said before, if you're picking it on form. I don't think that you can really look past him. Obviously, it's a bit like with Joe Marler that we chatted about earlier. Not play for England for a long time now, but I would say he's he's been the best nine in sort of essentially in Europe over the last sort of month or two. So it's he's just been electric and it's sort of vintage Danny Care sort of back. So it's nice to see, and I, I would like to see him get a spot on that plane. But obviously, lack of international experience in them. Well, recent international experience might weigh against them. It's a tough one for Danny Kerr because if you think about 13, 17 and now again, he's always been pretty close. Whenever those the Lions tour documentary comes out at Christmas, his, na- his name's always in the selection meeting discussion, but he's never made it. And so personally, I'd just love to see him make, him make it. He, he, he's been playing, as you said, so well um, recently. And he, he said on one of the podcasts this week, because Quinns aren't playing this weekend, so he doesn't have another game. It's out of his hands until the squad's name, he went, I haven't said it because I didn't want to jinx anything or let it affect me, but I really want to go, which is, as, as someone is his age and what he's achieved in the game, I think that's it's really refreshing to show how much it, it still means to him. But anyway, one of the people that wants to put a real downer on this Danny Kerr party, Jeremy Adley, why, why, why have you why have you not, not picked him and, and gone for Gareth Davis instead? I will have to admit, having watched Danny Kerr since the Six Nations ended, he is really putting in the performances to get him with a shout. My problem isn't that he isn't good enough. My problem is is that I think they'll go for tried and true tested players. And unfortunately, I think the guys who aren't playing international rugby on a regular basis are going to miss out. So the only reason reason I'm picking Gareth Davis is just for the sheer fact 
He is getting that regular game time with Wales. We know what he looks like on the international stage against top quality opposition. Unfortunately, we just don't really know what Danny Kerr looks like on the international front. And that's no fault of his own. That's just from a horrible selection policy. So that's the only reason I'm taking Gareth Davis. Had Danny Kerr played for England within the last year or two, I, I would definitely be probably putting them in now considering his form. But just that lack of international experience is, is what made my decision. I think the really interesting point actually about Gareth Davis is when it comes to Welsh nines, towards the back end of Gatlin's career, Gareth Davis wasn't his go-to. His actual go-to is Thomas Williams, who just repeatedly blighted by injury. So I actually think I didn't pick Gareth Davis, mainly because I don't think Gatlin will. I think if he's going to pick a Welsh nine, even though he has been injured, it will be Thomas Williams. So I, th I think that'll be a really, real interesting selection debate. But then someone that perhaps we probably wouldn't have picked at the start of this Six Nations miles, but had a bit of a stormer and four out of five of us have gone for is, is Ali Price. Can you just explain why he's in there? I think Ali Price is in there mainly, mainly because of these international performances for Scotland. I mean, he's definitely filled the void that Greg Ledlaw had when he, when he retired. Um, he's come into that number nine position very well. I mean, he has topped change over the few years, I should say about between him and Laidlaw, but Price has been you know, very versatile, and, you know, very consistent player. And then, yeah, he'd be my uh, number nine uh, for, for the Lions. My one concern with Ali Price, I just have that enduring memory of him being repeatedly charged down by Mario Toje at Twickenham in the early stages. I just think with the size of the South African second rows, I know it's probably partly to blame um, getting charged down on the, the setup of the forwards, but the nine is in control of that. If you're getting repeatedly charged down as a nine, box kicking against South Africa, a crucial part of the game, you know, we we see how effective Faf de Klerk is at doing it, how, how much of a key facet it is to their game. If the Lions can't deliver a successful box kicking, box kicking and exit strategy, they're really going to struggle. So I think for me, that's why Price is going to miss out. I do rate Price a lot, but I just have that, that memory. It's just, it's sitting in my head and I can't get rid of it, I'm afraid. Can I just say on the Ali Price front, even though I picked him, I wouldn't start him. I'd be bringing him off the bench for the exact reason Alex said, that his Same. ball kicking throughout the Six Nations is sceptic. So it can go really bad. Conor Murray's box kicking is what makes him Conor Murray. But the thing I would say about Ali Price is Price will come off the bench. And if you're saying about running around, making a South Africa team run around, it, when Ali Price comes on, the first thing it's going to be is he'll look to go around the rocks. He'll look to go try and see, find that defender who's asleep. And that kind of speed is something I don't think that um, the Lions have a lot of in terms of their nines. And I think that's that's why I would take them and put them on the bench, but I would not trust them to start the game. Yeah, I agree with Jeremy. You know, Conor Murray has got lot of, lots of tall experience. Look how he played against the All Blacks in, in 2017, you know, going around the world. So Murray would be my starting nine and then like Jeremy, Price off the bench. Thing is with Price as well, he could be another beneficiary of having uh, some very close allies in that coaching setup. You can't underestimate how important that is. I think Ali Price is definitely in with a shout. And if four of the five of you have picked him and I'm the only one, I think I'll probably have to make a concession there. As for whoever misses out between Davies and Kerr, we can we can decide that right now, I guess. Oh, I was, yeah, I, was, I was just trying to think of an elaborate way to work out a, 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 voting, a voting system for it. I think it's a real, real difficult one because I'm at, as much as it pains me to say it, if we are going for Price, can we go for Kerr as well? They're very similar, and you're almost in a position where I think you almost you, you take one or the other. Does there, is anyone further want to disagree with me? No, I would agree with that. It's the same thing with New Zealand. New Zealand will always usually pick two conventional nines and then one that's a bit of a spark, and it'll be the same with the Lions. They'll pick two conventional nines, Murray and someone else, and then it'll be Ali Price or Care. who will be the sort of wild card off the bench. Also, as much as we all love the idea of bolters, I do think you just you can't underestimate how important test match experience is. Having three test match starting scrum halves, that is going to be a big factor in Gatlin's mind. So, yeah, I, th I think it's looking it's looking like another near miss for Danny Kerr, isn't it? Oh, don't do that! Don't do this to me. All right, so that that that's what we're get, we're going to sadly have to go for as much as it pains me to say it. Connor Murray, Ali Price and Gareth Davies, all sublime players, but I, again, gutted for Danny Kerr. We'll move on to fly half. Um, we've, we've allocated two spots for fly half. And just to clear matters up, we've put Farrell down as a centre um, for this. So when it comes to two spots for fly half, everyone's gone for bigger. And then there's a debate between Russell and Sexton. 
Um, some people have, have picked for both in, in that bonus spot, but um, Russell, Marcus, we'll, we'll start to you. Why, why do you want uh, Finn Russell going on the plane? Um, I think there's sort of a pattern with me. I, I just like someone that's different. And to be honest, he's the best 10. As a player, as a rugby player, he's by far the best out of a lot of them. The best test match player, maybe not sort of bigger, has been unbelievable recently. And the control he has on a game, and I know it's the same with Sexton as well. But um, I just think as someone who can conjure up a bit of magic, there's no one better than Finn Russell. And with, with, with such a short amount of time, I know it's not that short, but with a short amount of time to sort of prepare for all these games and as together as a squad, somebody that can just lock up and play what's in front of him I think could be invaluable. Just somebody who can move around a big South African team. And if that's going to be anyone, then it's going to be Finn Russell. It's it's a real tough one, isn't it? Because it's almost it's almost in the sense that if you were allowed a bigger bench, but not to bring them all on, you'd want both Sexton and Russell on your bench, presuming you're starting bigger. Because then you can bring Russell on if you're behind and you bring Sexton on if you want to close out the game. The difficulty is pre-match, you don't know what position you're going to be in because I'd, I would be very, very nervous if the Lions are up by three, six points, bigger has to go off whatever, for whatever reason. And with 10 minutes to go, I've got to watch Finn Russell try and close out a game. Like, well, either... The Brian Chip and Chase from his own five-metre line. Exactly. The Lions will win by 10 or lose by 10. There'll be no, there'll be no in between. The, the thing ball. is with that argument, I think, is that um, Andy Farrell, Owen Farrell could step in at 10 in that case and close out a game. He's, you know, he's played 10 for Saracens for, for years. He is an excellent fly half. That's my argument for leaving Sexton at home. Interesting one, Jeremy. It feels like the yeah. few moments to bring you in. Your argument to why you want to bring Russell is also the argument why you wouldn't is also why you would want to bring him because with like three, you know, if you're down by three with say 10 minutes left, you know he's going to try something and you know there's a likelihood it might work. But I I also agree. With you. I think in terms of that just test match experience and like let's let's not be honest, let's be honest. When Saxton missed, when Ireland were missing Saxton, we do not look the same. And I think everybody turned around and went, yeah, Johnny Saxton is really really old and starting to get into that age of folklore. But he's still absolutely incredible. And there is no surprise that Leinster looked good when he's on the pitch and playing well. So I think if he puts in a performance this weekend. And Leinster go on to yet another European Cup final. You can pretty much he can go ahead and pick where he's sitting on that plane. Is Sexton is Sexton fit for this weekend? I was under the impression it was pretty touch and go. I'm not 100 percent sure, but it it sounded like he was fit two weeks ago, and they're just they were playing busy putting him in bubble wrap. So I would suspect he will at least be on the bench. Def- I completely agree, though. Definitely another one in with a shout based on this weekend's performance. I mean, you couldn't ask for, for a better opportunity, could you, with, with six days to go until they name the squad? It's going to be fascinating watching this weekend. Yes, it, it really will be. And yeah, there'll be players that might play themselves onto the plane. And also, sadly, there'll probably be players that play themselves off it if they, they have an absolute, absolute awful, awful game. I, I feel for the time being, Jeremy, I think the consensus is Russell. And then there might be a possible spot to to take Sexton as, a, as an extra going forward, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see about that. And then when it comes to centres, everyone's gone for Owen Farrell, everyone's gone for Robbie Henshaw, everyone's gone for Jonathan Fox-Davis. Um, and then there's a, there's a spare spot open, but a lot of people have decided one of their, one of their bonus spots to, to be a centre. So myself, Alex and Marcus all gone for Manu Tuolangi. Um, Alex, why, why have you done that? Like Jeremy's point about how influential Johnny Sexton is for Ireland's game, Manu Tuolangi, the difference for England's attacking game is night and day. Every single attacking metric since Eddie Jones has taken over is better when Tuolangi is on the pitch. Every single one. If that doesn't tell you what you need to know, then rugby isn't the sport for you. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing as well how he comes back from this from this injury. He's done some innovative rehabilitation methods. He's been doing salsa dancing. Maybe he's going to have developed another... Beautiful step like Tyg Furlong. We'll wait and see on that. But yeah, I just think Tuolangi, big game player, missed out narrowly in 2017 due to injury, makes such a difference, attracts so many attracts so many defenders with his size. Just, yeah, a, a game-breaker. Very convincing argument. With the, with the news that broke recently about George North doing his ACL, so totally out for the tour, there was a bit of a last-minute um, replacement in the, in the squad. And 
Miles, you went for Sam Johnson, which is a, a bit a little bit left field, but you weren't the only person. Can you just explain why you did that? I did Sam Johnson mainly because of what he's been doing for Scotland over the past past few years. Over the past few years, you know, in that Calcutta Cup match in 2019, he scored that try that should have won it for Scotland. Um, and he's just an excellent, very versatile centre, quite strong as well. Quite, he's quite committed, but he's also quite a strong, strong player, good ball carrier as well. Good pace, good base pace on him. I think he sort of ticks all those boxes in, in, that you want in the centre: pace, strength, and I, you know, good ball carrier. And I think you know he can easily get the lines over the game line. And I thought Johnson would be my left field option. And I think, and with North gone, he'd be he'd be my choice. Miles, as a uh, quasi Scotsman and a and a Gloucester man. Was Chris Harris in your in your thoughts ever? Just out of curiosity, because he was one who uh, I was sort of toing and froing with, because he's a really good defensive reader. But I just want to hear your opinion on that. No, I just think Sam Johnson with the you know into, he can step up in a big game. I think for Scotland, uh, we've we've seen that before. So I I just had to pick him over Chris Harris. I mean, Chris Harris is it has played really well for Scotland. Speak, speaking of Scottish centres, and as as you said. Miles, someone a little bit left left field. I actually went for someone maybe even a bit more left field. I actually went for Cam Redpath. I know he's only had one game internationally, but I feel the Lions have enough have enough big 13s. We've already uh, Henshaw can play for the team, Davis play for the team. They're, they're big enough. And having Redpath, although he's not quite as big as Farrell, it's still that second distributor option. So it means that should Farrell go down for whatever reason, you, you don't have to drastically alter the style of play that you want you want to play, presuming that Farrell does play in the centres. And I just feel, again, Marcus's point, someone that can do something a little bit different. And there's not loads of game tape on him. He's not, he's not, he, he's still slightly unknown to a certain extent. Being a Bath man, I wasn't as shocked as everyone when he had that absolute stormer at Twickenham. I was, I wasn't expecting him to go as well as he did, but I thought, I thought he would definitely be, be very good because, he, he was putting in some really good performances back end of last season and just continued that this season. So that's that's a that's a name I, I just want to throw out there. And a name that someone else wants to just throw out there is Marcus Hockey. And I, I'm just preparing you. You're going to get a lot of abuse for this, but please, the floor is yours. Are we talking about Elliot Daly here, by any chance? We are. Now, I would not... At least you're playing him in, him in his right position. Exactly. That is exactly my point. I would not put him in the back three, right? No, definitely not. But he is electric. He's so fast. And I know he's, sorry, he's and all this kind of stuff. And I know Miles, I think, is having a meltdown now. So I apologise for that. But going on my theme of differing and different people, he is just on a different level speed-wise. And that in, in a 13 is something that's very, very frightening. Because that channel is so hard to defend in against a normal 13, say a normal 13, Jonathan Davis, for example, being one of the world's best 13s. But if you then add somebody who's as quick as Daly, maybe not as good with the ball as Davis is, but that is a recipe for disaster potentially. And that is the, the main thing for me there. Plus a 60 metre boot on him, which could come in handy. And I know it's not going to be popular, but I just thought I would shove it in there just to see. Just see what we all think. Can I just say, I actually was going to pick Elliot Daly, but it just I, I, Johnson came into my mind at the last second, and I just had to go with him. Um, but I do agree with what Marcus is saying, and that Elliot Daly, if he is kept away any related from anything to do with the back three, then he'd be he'd be, he'd be more than perfect, I think. And that sixty meter boot is another thing that we are that you know who else in that team is going to be able to slot penalties from that range. It's, you know, he's not going to be overly like it's not going to be he'll make you know eight out of ten, but if he can give you maybe six points from your own half, slotting ridiculously long kicks, that is a very variable, very valuable asset to have. And unfortunately, some people seem to think he can play fullback, which which might play into selection policy. But um, I don't, I won't kill them if they take Elliot Daly as long as he's nowhere near the back three. I, I think it's also re a really important point to make is some of these games are going to be played at altitude. So his 60-metre boot could be stretched to 65, dare I say it, even 70 metres. Imagine that, giving, giving away a penalty 
fairly comfortably inside your own half. One that you know, oh, if they kick for touch, get into the 22 will be good here. And they just slots a goal from there. Like, that is an incredible weapon to have. Um, Miles, we're obviously going to give you the right of reply in a moment, but just before you spontaneously combust, I'm just going to put it out there. I put him down as a winger because I actually think he's, he's I, I agree, nowhere near, the, nowhere near fullback. But actually, Gatlin picked him there on the last tour when he wasn't playing there very much for England. Gatlin likes him. So I really wouldn't be surprised if he goes. Because again, you need to be able, playing multiple positions when being picked on tour is a massive advantage. But anyway, Miles, the floor is yours. I, he has his chance to really impress the Six Nations. And sadly for me, he just played he, in, in that Six Nations, from what I saw, he just played his way out and, and 14. That's why I've I've gone for many other. There's better options at both the um, centre and full-back position. One, one of the other people that um, has a real strong case for the centres, and I did almost go with them, was Gary Ringrose. Jeremy, just before we, before again you, you join the, the Daily Hate Club, do you want to, do you want to put your put your case in for that? I suggested the illegal thirteen, but if you suggest he plays back three, I don't want to share Zoom with you ever again. But, uh, <laughs> more to the point. Um, I, the thing with ring rules is, is ring rules, if you play, for example, Murray, Sexton, ring rules, Henshaw, that would be one of the very unique times in Leinster history where the chemistry between those four is going to be unparalleled. When we ever see guys who, who play the same international level go 9, 10, 12, 13, it's unparalleled and it is something that South Africa will, will not be ready for is those two guys play on the same team. They are best buddies they know each of their strengths and each of their weaknesses that is something i think is incredibly invaluable is this south africa team is not going to be together for two years chemistry is so important and having guys who you know and know how they play and know how you play i think is invaluable and i was never a believer in ring rose can never fill low driscoll shoes and i don't think he can but he had an incredible six nations and again it comes back to the leinster story if leinster do well it only strengthens his case. And it's just going to be one of those ones, I think, where they they just, he's put his hand up enough that it's going to be really, really hard to ignore. That's pretty much all, all the all the players in in the centre position. Um, pretty much everyone has decided to pick one of their bonus, bonus players in the centres. So we've pretty much got, got five names, I think it is, to fill two slots. So the names we've got to... To, to vote on is going to be Manu, Sam Johnson. I'm not going to chuck in, I'm not going to chuck in Red Pass. Actually, that takes it to four. Gary Rings Rose and Elliot Daly. So everyone, everyone gets gets two votes. Let let's say. Um, so uh, again, for the for the listeners, audibly, um, votes for Manu Tuolangi. Here, here. Mike, Marcus, Miles, and myself. So that that's that's four four for Manu. Votes for Sam Johnson. Miles and Jeremy, that's two votes for Gary Ringrose. Yeah, I'm putting my I'm putting Ringrose in the in the team. That and that argument Jeremy made towards the end of the day about the nine, ten, twelve, thirteen combo is really a wet the appetite. I I feel I'm gonna. Oh, I can't believe I'm saying. This. Oh, do, do I ditch daily? That that's 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 my no no. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna keep I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep my last remaining vote. So. Marcus, is that is that a vote for Ringrose there? Um, then well, the other, the other no. vote is the vote votes for Elliot Daly, which is going to be myself and and Marcus. So and now it's a it's a three way tie for one position. So I now will ditch Daly and we'll go for for Manu and Ringrose because, as Jeremy said, I'm not sure either Jeremy or Miles would share a Zoom call with me ever again if if we did if we did in, include Daly. Yeah, I can say I was very similar to a. To what Alex said there, to be honest, I, I was very close to, to ditching Daly just then, just because of Jeremy's rousing speech. So I, I say get Jeremy on the plane as well, quite frankly. I'd be a motivational speaker because I think I'd be great. Look out for that that new spin-off podcast, um, motivational speeches with Jeremy Adley. It should be coming coming to coming to your ears fairly, fairly soon. But um, uh, the fi- the final position, which I think is, although we debated the centres a lot, I think this is this is even more. Well, I say it's even more controversial. Actually, the rest of you have all gone pretty standard. It's myself that have got some pretty out there suggestions. So we've all agreed on Stuart Hogg, Leon Williams and Anthony Watson. 
um, as our as three of our six back three players. I personally think that would actually be the starting back three. And then the other names we've got in the mix are Johnny May, um, Duan van der Merwe, Louis Three Samets, Hugo Keenan, Jack Knoll, and Josh Adams. So we will start with Johnny May and we will go with Miles because Gloucester Boy can talk about the Gloucester Boy. Yeah, Johnny May is the best finisher in world rugby, period. Um, look what he's done. Look what he's done for England. That, you know, the Italy, you know, that, that try against Italy. And you just have to look at how good a winger or an international player we, he is with that try he scored against Ireland in the Autumn Nations Cup. It's just incredible. It was just, it, he's just a, a man on his own searching. He's absolutely excellent. And also you've got to bring in his try scoring record. He's, um, he's on the same level as people like, he's only about 17 behind us, Rory Hunt. Behind Rory Underwood, uh, I think. So, you know, you've just got to take someone who's just who loves scoring tries. As we briefly touched on in the centres debate, do you not think the fact that he can only play wing is a is a is a bit of a disadvantage for him? Most no. of the other other back three players we're we're discussing can play both. No, I, I don't think so. I think you know if he if he's really he, he, can, he can really excel at left wing. So I was the only person that actually didn't pick Johnny May. So, but I. It was it was pretty pretty tight there, so I, I am willing to concede on this one. So we'll we'll stick him in the in the squad. Um, when it comes to Van der Merwe, Jeremy, pretty pretty good um, Six Nations, obviously South African heritage. Uh, what why did why did you go for him? Because there is not many wingers in world rugby who are like Van der Merwe, and we've said it before. This South African team is physical. The only place I think they aren't exceptionally physical is going to be on the wing. And can you honestly tell me if he gets a five meter run up that you really want to try and tackle him, especially if it's going to be you know, potentially a try saving tackle? He, he, he had an incredible Six Nations. And the, and the fact as well is he's not just some big lug who will just run right at you. He will try and move around you. And he has got that bit of speed about him. And I just think having the back three is quite at the minute, they're all quite small. And I think just maybe having someone on the tour who's a bit more of a it's going to be exceptionally hard to get around. I, I think because having a little bit of a potential presence in the back three doesn't hurt you at all. But again, like this is going to be one of these places on the tour where I don't think it's a wrong choice. So yeah, I, if he doesn't go, I'm not going to be overly mad about it. But I think he just put his hand up for Scotland during the Six Nations. I think with Van der Merwe as well, I completely agree with what you just said there, Jeremy. There's a lot of candidates here who, you know, there's probably nine or ten if any of them went on the plane, you'd be you'd be fine with that. But I think with Van der Merwe, he's just he's so so physical. He can mix it with the forwards. You know, he's not afraid to get involved in those tight areas, have a little pick, cheeky pick and go like he did against France, get over in those tight areas. I really like him. Really like what he's brought to the Scotland side, and would love to see him see him get on the plane and hopefully rip it up against his uh, against his home nation. All I'm going to say on Van der Merwe, don't get me wrong, he's a great attacking force. And this is two words that I'm going to say for someone else we're going to discuss, is defensive positioning. There were times during the Six Nations where he was exploited defensively. And that makes me nervous. That's all I'm going to say, say, say on the issue. We'll, we'll, we'll save judgment on until, until later. So someone that actually had a, had a re really good Six Nations, but again... I would say the words defensive positioning was Lewis Rees Zamet. Um, Alex, you included him in your in your squad. What, why, why have you gone for that? Rees Zamet for me, kind of like Van der Merwe, he's a bit of a game breaker. He comes on, makes something different happen. His defensive positioning, you know, is a bit is a bit suspect, but he's still young. He's still learning. He's got so much potential. We saw for Gloucester on the weekend. He can really just rip defenses apart. Great handling skills. Elite finisher. He'd be, he wouldn't be starting for me by any means. He would not be one of my starting back three players, but I just think he'd be a fantastic player to have as an option in the squad if, for example, the Lions needed you know 10 points in the final 20 minutes. Um, he'd be a fantastic option to bring off the bench and just light the game up. I've been really impressed with him uh, for both Wales and Gloucester this season. No, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And although I did actually, Sir Carmen did decide to pick Reece Amit for a very similar reason of what Marcus always... Is ch has been chatting about, which is people that offer something different, and I, I am a believer that there is there is no no replacement for out and out pace in international rugby. Someone that I think was probably overlooked a lot during the Six Nations 
because of Reece Summit was Josh Adams. I think, again, he was quietly excellent. That's pretty much been him ever since he left Worcester and went back to Wales. He was joint World Cup try scorer, but again, didn't really get headlined consistently every single time, year, year on year, game on game. He's quietly excellent. And I think it's that sort of stability that you would want, want in a squad because if he does have to step in, you know he's going to deliver. Gatlin name-checked him after the 2019 World Cup on Rugby Union Weekly saying he would be one of my, you know, pretty much dead certs to go on the tour. So I think that's a good shout from Uzanda, to be honest. Another player who I'd say is pretty much quietly excellent and was quietly excellent during the Six Nations was Hugo Keenan. Um, Jeremy, do you want to say why you've included him in your squad? Because he is quietly excellent. I mean... I, I'll be honest, I didn't know too much about him going into the Six Nations. And I think going into the Six Nations, we were all focusing on how, you know, the long locks, luscious James Lowe was going to play and evidently awful. So the, the sort of focus of Irish attention went more towards Hugo Keenan. And game by game, I just sort of went, there he is, this guy, because he just doesn't put a foot wrong. And that's what you were saying about Josh Adams, same with Hugo Keenan. He just doesn't put a foot wrong. And every time I watch him, every time I go up for the high ball, he just comes down with it. And it, I don't, you know, obviously it's a, that GAA background helps him, but he is, there's no defensive liability with him either. He is exceptional, exceptional one-on-one tackler. And he's very, very good at reading the game. I'm, I just think after the Six Nations, I look out and I go, he did basically put his hand up as one of the best fullbacks in Europe. And I'm, I don't think I'm over-exaggerating when I say that. I genuinely do believe that he will push any anybody for that position in that 15 shirt he's just he would be phenomenal for Ireland and just continued to be solid the whole way through what would you say to people that would say well you've we've already got Stuart Hogg Liam Williams he's arguably best position is fullback Anthony Watson can play fullback would you not feel that taking similar to what I said to Mars about Johnny May taking Hugo Keenan who can only really play fullback does that not limit limit his his chances I, yeah, don't get me wrong. I fully understand that. And again, like anybody they pick at the back three, as long as it's not Elliot Daly and Keith Earls, I'm not going to disagree with. So, yeah, I can fully understand that. But sometimes I feel like going, you know, you can slide Anthony Watson to fullback if you want. He ain't going to be anywhere near as good. Liam Williams' preferred position is fullback. I think Keenan's better. Stuart Hogg is deaf, is, is untouchable. Like he, he's far, far too good at the minute. And, and Keenan isn't at that level yet. But I just think in terms of the best 15s available for the Lions, I think he is the second best. And I do understand he can't play anywhere else, but I would rather have him at fullback, knowing what he's going to do, knowing he won't make a mistake, rather than have Anthony Watson going, he does play fullback, but nowhere near as good. The other name I just wanted to chuck out there, and I included him in, in my squad, was Jack Noll. I know he's only recently come back to per injury, but he played really well against Bristol at the weekend, which was as close a, a, to a test match as you're going to get in the Premiership, 1v2. And again, Gatland really likes him. Gatland picked him on the bench in the, the final two tests, I think it was, in New Zealand, when he hadn't really been play, He hadn't been a major name going in, into the tour and he impressed in the midweek games. He picked him on the bench and he came on and made him impact. And I think if he can get a prolonged period of games going into this, going into the tour, I think, I think he... he he, he would be a, a good player, player to have there. When it comes down, down to, to voting, I'll probably leave Jack Nowell out of it, but we've got four players for, for two spots in Josh Adams, Van der Merwe, Lewis Rees-Summit and Hugo Keenan. So we've each got, each got two votes. Um, we'll kick off with uh, Van der Merwe. Three for four for Van der Merwe, only, only myself not, not going for him. Um, we'll go now to Hugo Keenan. Two for Hugo Keenan, Jeremy and Marcus. We'll go for Reese Summit, Mars and myself for Reese Summit, and Josh Adams, myself and Alex for Josh Adams. Okay, so Van der Merwe's in the squad there with with four votes, and then it's a it's a two 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 tie for Josh Adams, Reese Summit, and Hugo Keenan. Does anyone anyone want to make a last minute change their vote, or do we have to go to another round of voting? Yeah, I'm. I've got the memory of a goldfish. Honest with you, I'm toing and froing my decision here. I'm, I'm going with Josh Adams, and then I'm going back to Rhys I'm afraid I'm sticking with my original guns. Uh, I want Rhys on the plane. Game breaker, future Lions legend in the making. Let's go. Well, it's a, it's a big, it's a big, big call there. So 
Our back three are Stuart Hogue, Liam Williams, Anthony Watson, Johnny May, Duhan van der Merwe and Lewis Reese Lamet. However, we currently are at a, at a standstill. We've got 35 people in our squad. So is there anybody that hasn't made the plane that people want to make a last minute call for to take that final spot? They can be playing anywhere. I, I'm really putting forward the case for Sam Underhill. I know we said we'd leave it, but I'm really, really keen to see him go. I don't know what others think. I would. I completely forgot that he actually um, existed. I'm not going to lie. But anytime I have seen him play, he is phenomenal. Like, I have to admit, he is very, very good. Yeah, I, I didn't have him in my original squad because I forgot about him as well. <laughs> not playing the Six Nations. Hopefully, Gatlin's got a better memory than us of players who played before the Six Nations. One other thing I will say about Underhill being a, being a Bath fan is Underhill recently has actually picked some really good running lines and he's become more than just a great tackler and good over the ball. He's now a carrying option as well which is something he's only recently added to his game. But again, that's an, it's another big tick in the box if, it, if, we're, if we're looking for an extra player. And I also think taking an extra forward won't hurt, considering they, they're going to going down South Africa. So unless anyone's got any objections, I will add, add Sam Underhill to the list. My, uh, well, two of my sort of extras were Simmons and Underhill. I'm just going to... Simmons, anyone? No? Uh, I'll, I'll stick with Underhill then. I think it's a great choice, Alex. Excellent. Even you didn't pick Simmons when, it, when push came to shelf market, so the argument for him's in the bin, I'm afraid. Yeah, but I, want, I wanted him to be just on the floor. I wanted him to be sneaking on back seats of the plane with the luggage. I want him there, but Underhill for me. I think, you know, he plays really well with Tom Curry, you know, the, the, the kamikaze twins, as, as Jones calls them. So, you know, he's, he was excellent in the 2019 World Cup. You, you people forget how much of an impact he made that, that back in the backbone made. It's a really good point you make there, especially what Jeremy said earlier about combinations. The combination of Curry and Underhill, and then you've got the combination, the bath combination of Underhill and Falatau. If you wanted that, it's, it's it's interlinking combinations that can help help around the park. Because again, they don't have they don't have much time to to warm up, and even though he didn't play internationally, he is still in form. So he's he's been added added to the list and. I think he, I think the team is is all the better for it. So I will run through the the overall squad from start to finish, and then I'll I'll give you I'll give you some some of the some of the stats of the what what the what the composition of the squad is. So at tight head, Mako, Win Win Jones, and Rory Sutherland, Hooker, Jamie George, Ken Owens, and Luke Cameron at tight head, Tide Furlong, Carl Sinclair, and Andrew Porter. Over to locks, Alan Win Jones, Mario Toje. James Ryan, Tideburn, and Ian Henderson. The back row options, we've got Palatow, Curry, Tipperick, Watson, CJ Stander, and Sam Undill sneaking in at the end there. Scrum half, we've got Connor Murray, Ali Price, and Gareth Davis. Thoughts and prayers to Danny Kerr. At fly half, we've got Bigger and Russell. In the centre, we've got Owen Farrell, Robbie Henshaw, Manu Tuolangi, Jonathan Fox Davis, and Gary Ringrose. And then in the back three, we've Stuart Hogg. Liam Williams, Anthony Watson, Johnny May, Dion van der Merwe and Lewis Reece Samet. In total, we've got eight Irishmen, seven Scots, 10 Welshmen and 11 Englishmen. Jeremy, as someone that was pretty keen to pick on form, and because of that, in your original squad, you only picked seven Englishmen. How do you feel that, there, that we've picked most Englishmen combined? I mean, it was going to happen because this is a largely English chat, so... Any slightly objective person would not pick more than nine Englishmen. No, no, no. Like the, th the thing for the Lions is there are just certain positions where you just can't pick it wrong. And even if you pick an Englishman, yeah, I don't think they've been the best. But can I, can I understand why they'll be picked? Yeah, I can. Because at the end of the day, look, they are phenomenal players. And yes, England had a bad Six Nations. Yes, they have had a pretty poor European form. But the likes of Bath and Leicester have played well. And I can't sit and say that they'll be off on the Lions team because we've seen it before. Players coming in out of form have played well. And, and these guys are professionals. And, you know, you get your warm-up games under your belt. It might change. So, again, like, I'm not going to go, you know, mental because England players are being picked because they're out of form because I can fully understand picking players who've been there, done that, got the T-shirt before. 
just on that as well, on those England players, I think maybe a change of coaching staff is going to be a sort of galvanising effect for them to get back to their best form. You know, we know Eddie Jones is a control freak and a sort of um, an ideas maniac in the sense that he presses, he oppresses any other ideas that aren't his own. Maybe the England players need a bit of time off the Eddie Jones leash to go and express themselves. And, you know, with Gregor Townsend as a tack coach, that could very well be the case. We know he likes to play a bit of flair rugby. I hope a lot of the England players can get back into there. We can see the best of them this tour. And I'm got my fingers crossed that we'll, uh, yeah, see them back in fine fettle towards the uh, towards crunch time. Finally, just before we go, picking picking our, our captains. Um, who do you think will will we'll captain the other squad, boys? Jeremy, we'll start with you. Uh, Marcus, please don't hit me. Alan Wynne Jones. Alex. Yeah, Marcus, don't hit me either. But it's going to be Alan Wynne Jones. Marcus. Marcus, don't hit me. It's going to no. Um... Stuart Hogg. Or Mario Toje. No, Mario Toje. Miles. Stuart Hogg would be my is my is the one I'd love to be captain, but I think he would just go with Alan Wynne Jones. I, I would actually also go Stuart Hogg because I feel I feel your your captain needs to start the tests and Stuart Hogg will definitely start the tests. I'm not I think Alan Wynne Jones will, but I'm not convinced he will. And I wouldn't be surprised if you'd be in a position where Stuart Hodge is your official captain, but Alan Wynne Jones does all the chatting to the ref. That, that, that's often an issue with having a fullback as captain, is being able to communicate with the ref. But teams in the past have um, allocated someone else to, to chat to the ref. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a situation like that. Not that Hodge is bad with chatting to the ref, just sometimes his position means he can't. Anyway, that, that's, that's everything today on The Breakdown. Thank you very much for joining us, and we'll see you again soon. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Thank you.